Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's prophecy update, Pastor J.D. reminds you of two significant and powerful words, but God. Amid all the turmoil and uncertainty facing our world today, It's important to hold fast to the truth that God is still in control and on His throne. Nothing happens without His knowledge, and His plan cannot be thwarted. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 23rd, 2020. Let's fast forward. Please know that I in no way wish to posture myself as someone who would rise to the level of the late Paul Harvey. I seek only to update this, if I were the devil, in 2020. If I were the devil in 2020, as the prince of darkness, I'd want to use a global deception to engulf the whole world in darkness. To start, I would set about a scheme that would ultimately take down the United States. I would use whatever means necessary to shut down the churches first, but keep abortion clinics open. If I were the devil in 2020, I'd soon have families, churches, pastors, Christians, police, politicians, cities, and nations protesting, rioting, fighting, and warring with each other so as to devour and destroy each other. I would pit black against white, race against race, right against left, and with the promise of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do what thou wilt is the whole of the law, as you participate in my lawlessness. I would confide that what's evil is good, and what's good is evil. I would teach you to pray after me, our Father which art in Washington, and then I'd get organized. If I were the devil in 2020, I would fill you with paralyzing fear 
of everyone and everything around you for your own perceived peace and safety. Once I have you hiding in isolation, there will be a transformation which will allow me to bring about my demonic reformation. I would then succeed in making those that are left behind and still on the earth dependent on my own ruling government for basic goods and services. I would also peddle the final solution as a medical solution, having deified science because of the reaction to the problem I created in the first place with my global deception. By doing this, I will have that which I have always wanted, you worshiping me. If you refuse to worship me, you will not be able to work and earn a living. Not only will this cost you your livelihood, it could also cost you your life. If I were the devil in 2020, I would undress you of any remaining hope and seduce you away from the God who I blame and accuse of being evil to deceive you to believe me. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. But God. I love those two words. I love those two words. I love those two words. Did I tell you that I love those two words? <laughs> and so do you, right? Because it changes everything. But God, I would argue two of the most powerful words ever spoken. The devil may be doing all that he's doing, meaning it for evil, but God means it for good for the salvation of many this day, as only He can, and is, and will continue to. It's important to understand that at the end of the day, <laughs> the devil is still God's devil. What do you mean by that? Oh, he's a created being. He's not equal to God. He was created by God. He is not omniscient like God. He is not omnipotent like God. And He is not omnipresent like God. So, as such, He can only do what God allows Him to do. And here's the thing. God will never allow the devil to do anything unless it serves His purpose for His kingdom and for His glory forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 76.10, I love this verse. 
Surely the wrath of man shall praise you. With the remainder of wrath you shall gird yourself. You know what this is saying? Again, God, as only He can, can take the wrath of man, the evil of man, and make it to praise Him, glorify Him. Only God can do that. I think of Joseph in Genesis 50, 20. He says to his brothers, what you did to me, oh, is so evil. You meant it for evil, but God allowed you to do that evil to me. Why? Because He brings about good, the salvation of many people today. Psalm 37, this is, I love this. Listen to this, verse 12 and 13, Psalm 37. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. You know what the Lord does? (laughs) The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. Now, if you'll just indulge me for a moment, I, I know they have clinical terms for this, but here's how I think about this, and here's how I see this. First of all, God laughs. I mean, you know God's got a sense of humor, right? How does he laugh? You know, there are, there are different laughs, right? I mean, you know, there's the machine gun laugh. <laughs> Probably shouldn't use guns as an illustration these days, but there's the courtesy laugh. <laughs> there's the hysterical laugh, and you can just go on and on. I wonder what kind of, I would just love to hear God laugh as he looks at the evil of man. Is it like this? And again, I know they have clinical terms for this, but just again, indulge me. Is is it something like this? (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. Your day's coming. What a wicked plot. What an evil plan. Psalm 2, it gets better. Let me read verses 1 through 6. Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces, and cast away their cords from us. What does God do? Verse 4, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. (laughs) The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then He shall speak to them in His wrath, and distress them in His deep displeasure. Yet I have set my King, on my holy hill of Zion. You know, I was thinking about this this last week. It's um, more often now than it has been, for what I think might be deemed obvious reasons. But 
When I see people, whether I'm out and about or on TV, I ask myself this question. Sometimes it's a rhetorical question because I already know the answer to it. But the question I ask is, do they know Jesus? Because if they don't know Jesus, the unspeakable horror that is coming upon them will be unthinkable. And that changes the whole complexion of how I look at them. I don't see them as the enemy, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I see them as the opportunity. What I do now, and this, this has been a game changer for me, because it changes my heart towards them. Instead of being angry at them, I pray for them. And sometimes it's just a three-word prayer. Lord, save them. By the way, God answers three-word prayers. Ask Peter as he's sinking to the bottom of the (laughs) Sea of Galilee. Lord, save me. God does. I would submit that God is using the evil today to bring multitudes of people all over the world to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing, he's doing it. And no man can take the credit for it. He's doing it in such a fashion that he alone gets the glory. No flesh glories in his presence. We'll never know this side of heaven how many people have come to Christ since this crisis. Maybe you've heard the three responses we're going to have when we're raptured, when we're in heaven, and eternity future. The first reaction is going to be, "Ah! I'm here. Second reaction, they're here. Oh, that's a good one, right? It's all right. Third reaction, a little more sobering. Hmm, where are they? The devil has overplayed his evil hand. Would you agree? And God is making it backfire. He's making the wrath of man, the evil of the enemy, to praise him, to glorify him, to bring people to him. The very thing the devil is doing is creating the very thing the devil is not wanting, people's salvation. Habakkuk. Chapter 1, verse 5. Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if I told you. It's like God saying, 
man, if you only knew what I'm doing, what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know what the devil is doing. But even if I were to tell you, you wouldn't believe me. It's just utterly amazing. If you only knew. Jeremiah 33.3 Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Isn't it true that when we do not know, when it is unsearchable, we don't understand? Is it not then that we call out to Him? Cry out to Him? Interesting. I was thinking about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We love those verses. We sing those verses. We memorize those verses. We quote those verses. We know those verses so well. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct or make straight your paths. I like the rendering of make straight your paths. I think it's a more accurate interpretation and translation, because it carries with it this idea of God's going to straighten it all out. He'll make straight. I mean, this thing is messed up. And I just, I imagine God in heaven saying, can I straighten it out? To which we respond, no, I'll figure it out. I'm going to work this out. Okay. God's in heaven going, okay, I'll be here. Just let me know. Learning the hard way and having the scars to prove it. What is it about me? And I'll speak for myself. What is it about me? (laughs) I have to learn the hard way. It would be great if I could just learn the easy way. God says, don't do it. And I just learned the lesson and I don't do it. But no. God says, don't do this because I'm trying to spare you of needless and unnecessary suffering and pain. And, And what do I do? I do it. And I suffer needlessly and unnecessarily the consequences of my disobedience. And then finally, (gasps) I come to Him. Oh God, I can't do this. I just imagine the angel saying, it's about time. What's the matter with you? I'll straighten it out. I'll do it. You know, we quote the scriptures and talk about how that there's nothing too hard for the Lord. That with God all things are possible, right? Can I suggest that there are times when it's not possible for God? Let me explain. I believe, and I've experienced in my own walk with the Lord, that there are those times when it is not possible for God because it's still possible for me. And as long as it's still possible for me, man, I'm rolling up my arm sleeves, pulling myself up by the bootstraps, whatever that means. Of course, we don't have boots in Hawaii, but I'm going to make it happen. I can do this. You got this. No, you don't. God's got this. Let Him. That's the three steps, right? Step one, know that you can't. 
Step two, no, he can. Step three, let him. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Because when is it that we acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways? When is it that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart? It's when we can't lean on our own understanding, lest we had the understanding there would be no need to acknowledge Him. I've got this. I understand this. I'll fix this. I'll straighten this out. And it's in those times when you realize only the Lord can do this. It's impossible for me, and that's what makes it possible for Him. I hope you don't tire of me saying this. I find myself saying it more often. But we have before us the greatest and the grandest of opportunities to move everyone every day closer to Jesus. There's no pressure. You may just be that one that God has put in that person's path to just water a seed that's already been planted. If God gives you the profound privilege of harvesting that which has already been planted and watered, oh, but this opportunity that we have right now, today, because of this, is the likes of which we've never seen before, and the likes of which we'll never see again. However, this window of opportunity to get as many people to Jesus as we possibly can, gets smaller and smaller with each passing day. Would you agree? In John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Do you not say, don't you have this saying, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Apparently this was a saying in that day. Still four more months, and then the harvest. Isn't that how you say it? Isn't that the saying that you have? Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest now, not four months from now. Oh my goodness, think about this. Four months from now, September, October, November, December. You know, they have the countdown for the elections. How do you know we're even going to have elections? James says, be very careful. When you say, hey, tomorrow <laughs> we're going to go into such and such a city and, and do business there and make a profit there, for you do not even know, because <laughs> your life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. Here's what you should say, if the Lord wills it. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. 
Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.